once again is Chris Benefield. Hello, hello. Yes, it has been a good two months since we've recorded an episode. Yes, it has. And yeah, there's been a lot going on, uh, most of which I will not be getting into. Uh, <laughs> Me neither. Yes. Uh, just at some point in time, I'll, I'll probably get into it through a podcast. Um, but just suffice to say, I had a close death in the family. Uh, my brother passed away suddenly back in June, about three days after our last episode posted. So there's been a lot of grief and stress and things going on there, which not that I'm necessarily out of that, but um, feeling more in the mindset to sit down, record another episode, try to try to have some fun with this and return to some of my hobbies and interests. Uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, I've had a whole lot of stuff that we're also not going to get into here. Understood. Um, but, um, yeah, I, uh, just after that, that last podcast was also on a, a, uh, two week epic road trip as my son and I kept referring to it as, um, to Virginia, to Surf City, North Carolina at the beach and then to Atlanta where I grew up. Um, mainly to hang out with a friend who also had a loss recently. Um, this is one of my closest friends and uh, uh, lost her husband um, back in April. Um, and so I had kind of promised to to uh, come down and spend some time when, when I um, had the time during summer. So that was uh, part of my absence, not all of it. But, um, yeah, it was a, was a really good trip overall. I mean, obviously, um, you know, some – some bittersweet stuff to it as well, um, because you know it's never uh, fun to see a friend go through through something like that. And then you know, also <laughs> you know, talking with you and 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 the stuff you had going on too. So uh, yeah, it's 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 been quite the the couple of months. It has been an absolute blur of a summer, and there on my end, you know, we have our son, our first child. He's going to be eight months old next week. So there's all that going on, which just shrinks the days and gives me about an hour or so to play around with in terms of free time each day. And then given what's been going on with my family, this summer has just, it's basically fall already here in Minnesota. It's, it's in the sixties. It's like, we've had some campfires already out back and, you know, it's, I'm not sure where the summer went. Yeah, I know where my summer went, but uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I if somebody listens closely and they may hear dogs barking or something because I got the the windows open for the nice crisp night and the good sleeping weather. I, I switched to the less sensitive microphone so that it wasn't distracting all the crickets in the background and stuff. But if if we hear dogs barking, that that'll be why. So yeah, we're excited to be back, and we're going to try to get back to recording a bit more regularly. Maybe not weekly right at first, but uh, Chris and I are excited to be recording about some geeky nonsense. And uh, that brings us to our first topic today. Uh, before we started the show, one of the things I was really kind of grousing and complaining about was the Hearthstone experience right now. I... <laughs> I had kind of just by playing casually throughout the month here and there 
actually did pretty well and was up to rank two uh, yesterday, which is the highest I've ever been. So starts at 25, then you win games, you go up ranks. Uh, the top rank is one, and then if you kind of get through that rank, you get to the legend ranks, which I've never been close to. So this month I was the closest I've ever been. I figured the last day or so, well, let me make a serious push to see if I can make it. And I think I'm giving myself an ulcer. It's <laughs> it's miserable. <laughs> so I just right off the top I have to point out that games should not make you miserable. That something is going wrong when you when you've reached that point. So this is one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up because we're, we're both mental health providers and mm-hmm. we should know better. Um, right. Also, you are a veteran of. Uh, Magic, The Gathering, which Mm -hmm. we've talked about in in earlier episodes. And I imagine you probably have some sage advice for me about certain mechanics in the game that end up being quote-unquote broken, things that are unfair, (laughs) um, just rage-quitting games when somebody gets the (laughs) perfect cards that they need in a situation to negate what you're doing. I guess help me out. Well, so, yeah, anybody that's played Magic knows that it has had many, many periods over its, you know, 25-plus year history where, you know, when you are forced to keep creating new content for a game because, you know, they're in it to sell packs virtual or otherwise and, um, you know, keep people playing the game and interested, keep things fresh, there's always going to be some mistakes um you know they try to push power level um try to print something new and really interesting and things get screwy um you know magic's just gone through another phase like that pretty recently where you know everybody was playing basically the best deck or decks tailored to beat that deck which means if you play in a tournament playing against the same two decks is pretty monotonous and not fun and i you know from afar even i'm seeing you know on twitter and whatnot that i think hearthstone has developed that same problem right now so you know i think likely what's going to happen is that stuff's going to get nerfed or you know i don't know if hearthstone has weighed or waded into the waters of doing bans or things like that but i'm sure there will be a response quickly because what happens is people start playing less and um, hearthstone especially can measure that in pretty much real time and i would expect that they will pretty quickly respond to that general problem there's still the bigger issue though of like you know remembering why you, you play the game in the first place and staying focused on what's actually fun about it and not getting you know, if if you're not going to try to um, go pro doing it, that you stay in touch with what's fun about it and don't get too competitive and, and lose sight of that. Yeah, there's a bunch of things to react to there. I think for me, there's almost like the achievement-oriented thing. Like, it's not like I'm ever going to try to become a competitive Hearthstone player or be a streamer that's really popular or anything like that. Um I think I have a good grasp on skills in the game. I'm certainly not a, like one of the best players by any means, but kind of have an idea of like what, what to do and why I'm doing it. And, and there's always 
always try to learn from each game, but right now it's <laughs> there's this deck in the game that you can't necessarily outlast it. And if you try to play aggressively, one of the new cards they printed just totally negates trying to be aggressive against it. It's maddening. So you either try to play around that card and lose, or you play into it and lose. Um, so what everyone's doing is just playing that that deck against each other over and over and over again, which is, I think, as you're trying to increase in rank, it's just pretty miserable. <laughs> And it seems to be getting worse. It just seems like everyone's consolidating into playing that because there's there's nothing else that really competes with it. Yeah, and, and you know, once you get into that situation, you you have a problem. And you know, the, the, the uh, Magic's been at this forever, and they still run, you know make this mistake similarly regularly. And uh, you know, Hearthstone's still new, and um, you know, I'm sure they have a lot of people trying to do playtesting and stuff, but, you know, sometimes things get missed because the very, very best players that tend to, you know, attack the metagame, um, you know, get to stuff pretty quickly that maybe they don't anticipate something being so oppressive. So a few years back, you were kind of dabbling with the idea of, being more competitive in Magic, like playing different local tournaments and things like that. What? Um, how did you deal with the anxiety, if if that's a fair word? I approached any sort of tournament play with a lot of levity. I think, like I, <laughs> I knew that I probably was not, uh, you know, gonna go to a two thousand person Grand Prix and win. So it was pretty easy to just go and you know, have fun with it, have that sort of chip in a chair mentality and like bring something fun that you hope maybe is coming at a format from a, from a weird angle. Um, and just, just kind of have fun with it. I mean, of course I wanted to do well and, you know, had a dream of, of top eighting because then you end up with like a profile on, on the wizard's homepage and I could, you know, link that and tag my, my spouse in it and mortify her when I've, you know, <laughs> reference it on the social media and stuff like that um but I, I don't think i got to the point where you know playing in a tournament was something that i had a lot on the line for me um in terms of ego or, or things like that it was just you know it was fun to to compete and it's fun when you do well and 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 you know when you don't um one of the nice things about like if you play in big magic tournaments is there's all kinds of fun side events going on so if you bomb out of the big tournament you just go play in side events and have more fun <laughs> so it, you know it's it's all in all it's not too bad i mean i'm i'm sure there have been moments that i was pretty hacked that you know at like a local store tournament or something that i just played poorly or you know something like that but you know by and large those moments were pretty few and far between because usually when i'm playing magic i'm I'm out playing it in person. I'm with, you know, friends that I enjoy. And uh, even the the bad beats are kind of easier to deal with in that circumstance, which I think is different when that is all you're doing in front of a computer screen. And, and you know, you're trying really hard to get something done like you were and are having those problems. <laughs> yes, I was having problems. There's There's no doubt about that. 
I think the thing for me with the way Hearthstone's organized, it's it's almost like an achievement. Like I just want to I want to cross it off the list and then never try to do it again, which probably isn't that great of a um, source of motivation, <laughs> right? As I say it out loud, because like trying to get to the legend rank every month, certainly skill is involved. It's mainly a factor of time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a 51% win rate, if you play forever, you'll eventually get there. And obviously, if you're good at the game and you have a good deck and you kind of know what you're doing, then you improve your odds of winning, you know, closer to 60% or 70%, and then you'll get there a lot faster. Lately, I've been kind of winning one, losing two, winning two, losing (laughs) one, just back and forth and not really moving. Um, sure. And certainly there's there's errors on my part, but it's just the time, which I don't have, which is why I've never really pushed for it before. It's just like I would play a few games while walking on the treadmill or you know during a lunch break um, at my job. But really the last 24 hours or so is the first time I've ever like made it a priority to like, all right, I'm going to play – to increase my rank and get legend and it it has not gone well (laughs) (laughs) i've just been pissed and i'm usually pretty calm which i think you can attest to yep but yeah it's just it's not it's not really helping my my overall sense of well-being right now yeah and i'm just for myself i'm reminded of like that's always a um a red flag for me when I'm, and it's not just, you know, it's gaming. I mean, t- like a couple of things that I can remember it with is like trying to play like Street Fighter 2 and get really good at it and getting super frustrated like that. The other big one I can remember is like taking sports events way too seriously. Like I'm a, I'm a diehard UNC basketball fan. I can remember times of my life that I would take their losses really hard and you know, over the years, that's just always been a red flag. There's, you know, other stuff going on. <laughs> it's really the issue, not not the the game that I'm playing or or, or watching and, and getting pissed off about. So there there's that aspect too, at, at least for me, that like when my um, tolerance level for for losing and whatnot is way down, usually that means there's there's other stuff that I need to be addressing in my life. Yeah. So how how do you deal with either sports or games? The the, the tilt factor. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's 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 changed over over the years. Like you know, when I was younger and lacking in perspective, you know, there was nothing like that. You just you're tilted and you're pissed and you know it it ruined your next two hours or evening (laughs) which is just dumb and then you you kind of get to the point that you're like okay yeah this is dumb like why would i play this game in the first place because i thought it was really fun and i enjoyed it like why am i gonna let it ruin my night and and if it's gonna keep doing that then why am i playing it at all um and i think you know for magic it just it helps that you know, I gen- generally am playing with people that I also enjoy spending time with. So a bad beat is like you go and you, uh, well, frankly, the, the people that I play with most tend to smoke. So it's usually like you take a bad beat and you go find them smoking between rounds and t- 
talk about it and <laughs> right. laugh, and laugh at each other about it and and you're kind of done and and then you're you're you know you're okay and you're back to a, another round or maybe you're just kind of done for the tournament or whatever the case may be but you know just having that there is is a big deal for me i i think it would be different if i was trying to grind magic online and um do really well and didn't have that like i can definitely see ending up in kind of the same spot um that you're finding yourself in um for like sports and whatnot it's you know getting older i just have gotten much more perspective about like the relative importance of that in my life, which can be a whole nother conversation. Maybe it's not even this podcast conversation, but we don't totally need to go there, but just, yeah, just realizing like, you know, if you're getting upset about what some professional for-profit sports entity did, or even like your alma mater, um, you know, you're in need of some, well, let's be fair. UNC pays its athletes. Uh, that's not true. They may have written <laughs> some papers for their athletes. Uh, oh, I, I, I forget which scandal is which school. Yeah. I always get confused. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I think the things that make sense for folks if they're, you know, playing similar games and get get frustrated. Like I even have, you know, over the years, different uh, patients who would, like, talk with me about this um, where they would get really angry about, you know, games and things related like that. And always the thing I would tell them is obviously take breaks, pace yourself. You know, if something is triggering you, then engage in some relaxation strategies, find something else that's less aggravating, mm-hmm. uh, approach it in a different way. All those things that I know of. And just in the, this, this really the past 48 hours have just kind of got wrapped up into this goal of, well, I want to, accomplish this thing and i only have two and a half days to do it because the season resets at the end of the month right so there's this time pressure and since i know i don't have a lot of time every game becomes that much more important which again sounds ridiculous when i say it out loud Um, (laughs) and then you just i think that you end up making bad decisions when you're trying to play the game and when you lose it's that much more of a frustration and when you win it's like okay it's more of a relief than enjoyment. It's like, oh, okay, I, now I play again and try to keep going, and it's it's bad times. It's bad times, man. So suddenly perspective lost. Yes. <laughs> perspective has been lost. Uh, it's helpful hanging out with my son. He kind of re- he centers me all the yep. time. So if you do have family, friends, you know, take a break from – the nonsense kind of get a get a perspective in the grand scheme of things does it matter if i ever hit legend in hearthstone no would i would i find it to be fun and interesting sure but no one in my life is going to care (laughs) (laughs) it's not like i'm going to walk into the office next week and be like hey i got a new card back in hearthstone what do you think about that for legend they're gonna be like what what is hearthstone (laughs) right what what are you talking about? It's like oh you never mind. In a kind of related sense, um, one of the things we were chatting about this week was this idea of almost like when to pull not so much when to pull the plug on gaming, but like when you when to pull the plug on different collections. So, in a sense, like you've talked about you've talked about magic and you have quite a 
a decent card collection. Mm-hmm. You also collect albums, which we've yeah. mentioned in the past. I think I even said once that I got rid of all my CDs, um, which was kind of heartbreaking, but they're gone. And I, I, at least the CD cases, I still have the CDs and books, right. but the cases and everything. Um, so you had some thoughts on this that you wanted to get into. Yeah, I just have finding myself kind of, um, you know, in a in kind of a new place. Um, uh, at least right now, like the amount that I'm playing Magic has really, uh, you know, calmed down. Um, we had a store that we played at weekly, if not, you know, more than once per week that closed on us. And we just haven't really found a new place that we regularly want to be at and i have not really exaggerating an entire room full of magic cards (laughs) now part of that is that i was also trying to sell them which involves generally trying to buy collections and then sell what's good out of those collections um and so you end up with a ton of bulk that you're not always able to keep up with kind of getting rid of and whatnot so that's part of why i've accumulated so much but there's just a number of these things in my life you know records magic cards vintage stereo equipment that i just uh, i just had a moment where i looked around my basement and we don't really use the basement anything for anything other than putting stuff in it because it's kind of old and needs to be it, it, it could use a renovation, and I have, I have another business that I do an online store for that's not nerd-related, and that takes up a bunch of room. And I just started looking around at just all of this junk that I've accumulated, and it was just this moment of, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why why is this here? And, you know, have been starting to try to, to downsize some of that Um and it, you know, just for magic specifically started to get me thinking of like, I have accumulated all these cards. I've made all these decks for formats that don't get played very regularly at stores. Like Legacy is the format that uses most of the cards in the history of magic are legal to play. There's still a few that are banned f- from it. There's another format called Vintage that uses those, but that's like, you know, 5000 plus dollar decks if, if really much more than that now that i think about it but anyway so I, I i have all these decks put together and cards collected for like formats that i i enjoy theoretically but never actually play <laughs> and so i'm just sort of reaching this crossroads of a sort of like how much of this do i really need and um you know how much of this can i part with and not have an entire room (laughs) of this stuff um you know i just i'm finding myself kind of as i am getting older feeling much more oriented towards having less stuff and more time space money whatever for experiences um and i haven't quite figured out what that you know i'm still figuring out what that means for me in terms of like how many you know cards do i keep versus uh you know sell off but you know it's just a conversation that i've been having mainly with myself (laughs) um and i don't know i don't know what thoughts you have about it i mean you have a lot of different hobbies but you know like hearthstone you 
you accumulate cards virtually. They don't they don't take up any space in your life. But I I know you've got some other things that that do. So I wonder what your thoughts are. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. I don't know if it's like an aging thing when you were talking about sports. Like certain things lose how I mean they're still important, but they're not quite as important. I don't even I'm trying to think of what I have in the house that even takes up space. That's more of like a collection. Um, like there's some books, maybe like the Harry Potter series, which it's not like that takes up a ton of space or that they're in great condition, but like that's something like that, you know, and thinking about some of the board games and stuff I have, like that takes up space. I do have a, now that I think of it, <laughs> this is funny. I have a bunch of episode one stuff from star Wars <laughs> sitting in Tupperware bins underneath this. Literally declining in value day by you know, day. <laughs> actually, I think the Lego sets that I never opened, I actually think they've gone up in value maybe a few bucks, but not. it's not nothing spectacular. But, like, yeah, the action figures and stuff, like, those, those are – those have gone the way of, like, the Image comics that I got back in the 90s when that first came out. Mm-hmm. And I was all excited to get episode like, – episode one, but, like, issue one of different Image comic books. Um so yeah, like I have a bunch of that stuff and it used to be in the garage, but now I brought it inside and I haven't been able to just get rid of it, which I just need to purge and, you know, whatever I can sell it for, sell it for. I think with the Legos, at least I've thought, well, when my son gets older, I can just open them up and he can just have a ton of Legos just to play with, not necessarily to make pod racers and the Gungan sub, but to mm-hmm. just do- <laughs> build whatever he wants to with with those pieces but yeah i like even back in as recently as grad school maybe like 10 years ago 10 15 years ago like i would collect different figurines and i like for example i got they had like these little jay and silent bob characters Mm -hmm. um, these little statues of from mall rats and clerks and i think dogma and I got a bunch of those, and they were just, like, sitting on my CD towers, and I thought, like, oh, this is kind of cool. And it really wasn't cool, but I, I enjoyed <laughs> it. So, yeah, like, I haven't really been doing stuff like that. And you've tried to get me into collecting records, um, which – I'm just trying I, to get you to listen to records. You don't have to even collect that many. If you have 20 records, that's still enjoyable. Yeah. So, and I – again, it just takes up space and – yep. Then I'd feel obligated to start buying records, and when I buy records of albums I already own, and I don't know, I tend to just not get into those rabbit holes. I did, a couple of friends and I recently bought a collection of the Star Wars, the X-Wing miniatures game. Mm-hmm. There but, you go. But it's not it's not stored at my house. So ah, sure. We kind of, we found somebody just wanting to unload this big collection and between the three of us, we just decided to split it, and it was pretty cost-effective. So now we have a ton of miniatures and pilots and all the stuff you need to play that game. Mm-hmm. And I think we've played it – well, I've played it once. Between all of us, I think we've played it two or three times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that'll be fun. I think that's one way to potentially get around that is to maybe go in on a collection with somebody and then – See if they can store it. And then it. put it at their house. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, like, and I've talked about playing D and D and I have some books and, you know, not really many miniatures, but just the stuff you need to play that game. And that's in a closet and takes up a little bit of space, but really, I mean, we haven't played that in months and I'd like, we're hoping to play in September here, but we'll see. Right. But I think for all of these things, like in a way you're sort of incentivized to start collecting stuff like, you know, if for D and D, like I think a lot of people, the dream is to have like a really cool um, gaming table and like maybe like the really sweet um, miniatures and um, you know like the dwarven forge stuff that you can get and like have these like really awesome. But that stuff like it just it could it like records or magic cards or anything else that can like get out of control in a hurry like how much space you're dedicating to this and uh, you know that's just the the thing that i've been thinking about is like you know how many of these records do i really need like how often do i listen to this record (laughs) you know um and you know it's i don't know like i think there's just sort of a mindset that a, a person can get into and i think it's particularly it can happen with a lot of things. Like we all know people that collect weird stuff or, you know, collect Coke memorabilia or whatever. Like, you know, everybody can like collect and have it get out of control. Um, you know, there's whole TV shows kind of dedicated to the idea, but I think with, you know, like the more nerdy pastimes, whether it's comics or, you know, whatever, um, anime people do tend to kind of go down that, rabbit hole for lack of a better way of putting it and um you know it's i think it's an interesting to think thing to think about you know why do we in in an age where and for a lot of these things you can always sort of access the song or the information or whatnot like how much of this do you need in your home to look at or have right there in your hands i I don't know it's just it's something that's been on my mind a lot lately yeah, I think it comes down to just sort of shifting values, like what's what's important, what's meaningful, what what really matters. I think just now there's different things competing for my attention. Um, you know, I've been married for like 13 years. I you know a son now, and different family stuff going on. Certainly, work, career, all that. Like, do I want to spend time cultivating some type of collection? And then do I have the time to actually enjoy that collection if I accumulate it? <laughs> right. Um, and I don't know. I think that I think that answer is different for everybody listening. Um, you know, if, if there is something that, that you enjoy and it is meaningful, then do it. And then I think kind of similar to our first conversation about the game, if it becomes more of a burden than it is something that you enjoy then it then maybe it's time to look at well do i really need to keep doing this do i need to minimize should i kind of change how i'm approaching it to make it more beneficial for my well-being i I mean i think one thing too is at least just speaking for me personally is like for like a lot of people like i was living in apartments and stuff where i don't have a lot of storage space for years and years and then you finally buy a house and you you suddenly have all this space (laughs) that you can put stuff and for me that's like when it exploded it's like oh like 
I have all this room. Let's start filling it with the with the things that I love. And then um, if you find yourself needing to move again, like I can tell you for a fact, records weigh a ton. <laughs> like right. moving to even just like 200 records, you'll be like, mm, how much do I really need? To, <laughs> you know, like you, you, you have to really love it. Um, to, to want to do that and you know if you have a really big collection like some people out there do like it's a huge logistical thing to if you end up moving your records from from one house to another or whatever the case may be so yeah I, I just you know for me I had the space and I filled it and now I'm looking at it with something bordering on you know, deep regret. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> just, deep regret's not good. You know, well, it just not. I mean, uh, and again, some of it for me is that each a lot of these hobbies I both dipped into as something that I personally enjoy, but oh, like I can probably also buy and sell these and make money um, selling on eBay or whatever. So, like for records, I have all of my own records, and then I have a bunch of other records tucked all around everywhere that were supposed to get sold and just didn't or didn't get sold very quickly and have just sat there for years and years and it's just uh, people will know that I do that and so they'll bring me more records to either sell for them or just say you know you can sell these if you can make any money out you know and so I had an entire sports card store in my garage for the better part of a year where I couldn't park in it <laughs> you know like you, you 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 get into these things and you start collecting them and then so the the reason that sports card thing in it from my garage was you know a, a sort of a friend of a friend um, needed help getting rid of it and they hooked me with oh, by the way, there's some very old magic cards in there. And so there might be some really cool stuff, you know, for you with magic. And then if you can help me sell the sports cards and we'll split the money was, you know, kind of the deal. And, and, you know, me being me and sort of greedily thinking, oh, my God, maybe this is that magical, um, you know, opportunity where it's going to be the cards and magic that can be worth thousands of dollars and of course it wasn't and then i have an entire store in my garage that took me forever to, <laughs> you know um i don't know i'm i'm rambling a little bit but it's just it's something that i've been thinking about a lot it's just sort of the patterns of behavior about collecting and kind of where those come from and if they're becoming outdated even like books like i enjoy having books at hand and sort of like a collection of books and sort of you have them somewhere and people can kind of see it and get a sense of like what's your your taste and it's a topic of conversation but how many of them do i ever read again after the first time i read them and do i need those sitting here i don't know it's just been on my mind a lot lately yeah no it's something that's good to good to consider and i think we're at a point in our lives where reprioritizing or minimizing kind of goes a a long way or potentially just to simplify like what's important how, how i want to be spending my time like time's a big thing for me like am i being mindful about it am i trying to do too much at once 
Um, so I, I think it's good to gain some perspective on, you know, where you're devoting your resources and would there be a better way to, to do that? So not so much that doing like kind of how you told me, like playing, playing a game shouldn't be draining, like managing a collection or adding to it shouldn't be that stressful. Mm hmm. It should just be something you enjoy. Like it was interesting to talk about books. Wife and I were just talking because we're we're getting ready to go on a trip soon, and I was like, "Oh, I should get a book." And I think about, well, do I want to buy a book or do I want to get it on the on the Kindle? And then I think just reading on the Kindle, I'm just not as into that, so I end up just not reading. I've right. like read I read a lot less now than I used to, which again is isn't good. Like I should be reading books or even reading like graphic novels and comics, but I tend to not know how, like what method or what medium I want to consume that. Do I want to rent something or, or check something out from the library or do I want to buy it on Amazon or support a local bookstore or get it on a Kindle? And it's like, I don't make any decisions. So I just don't read, which is not good. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I, I, I'm with you. I, I can't, I can't, I can get something that I need as like a reference or a textbook and read it in small doses on a Kindle, but reading for enjoyment, I just can't really do in that format. Like I still need a, a physical book. Um, and then, you know, for me, I've gotten pickier over the years of like what I'm going to buy versus try to, you know, get it at the library or whatever the case may be, which, you know, I, even that idea, like I think a lot of people like are like library, <laughs> Right. Like those still exist. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, you know, I just, I think it's really easy to, to sort of get wrapped up in that, especially if it's a hobby like magic that you spend a lot of time around other people that also do it um, and are also accumulating stuff. And you just kind of get in this mindset of like, Oh, I, I need to, you know, that card's, awesome and you know i've always wanted it i need to get that and find it and try to acquire you know different cards or sets or whatever and and then you're spending time putting them into spreadsheets or like an online database and like calculating the value like i there's a person that i know of that like i has accumulated a lot of cards and will you know tell me like you know oh i got all this stuff and it's worth so much money um, but that's all like theoretical value. And like this person in particular that I'm thinking of will like never sell any of it. So like the, the value is completely meaningless in a sense. Like it, you know, he's constantly bringing up what the value is, but I, and they, you know, 10 plus years that I've known this person, I don't think that he's ever sold a card and I don't know that he ever will. <laughs> right. So, you know, it just, um, it suddenly can really take up a lot of your time, like keeping track of this collection and organizing the collection and how much is the collection worth, even though like you maybe aren't ever going to sell. And just, you know, it kind of goes on and on. And it's it's you start talking about it like you were saying earlier, just, you know, talking on out loud about some of your thoughts around Hearthstone, like the collecting stuff is the same reason or same way. Like when you start talking about it, it just starts to sound kind of ridiculous. But it's a really easy mindset to fall into about, you know, almost anything. Um, so I, don't yeah, know. I was, I was having 
dinner with with my wife and with who you know well and i was trying to explain this mindset to her and she just looked at me like what she's like that's ridiculous i was like yeah i know and she was like trying to and at the same time she was like well go do your thing (laughs) (laughs) like if that's how you want to spend your time not even really being sarcastic about it but just was like well if that's what you want to try to do go go ahead like you know you have some time here and yeah before we started talking i played for like a half hour and uh lost more games than i won so Mm -hmm. so on really those happy notes um yeah, I think just, you know, it'd be interesting to hear from other people about how they manage this, both getting maybe a little wrapped up in a game that they're playing or um, how they just manage the collecting aspect as they're not not even so much aging, but as maybe priorities shift yep. and uh, other things become more important. So certainly uh, give us some feedback. Let us know your thoughts about the conversation. Um, today, real quick, we wanted to end uh, by returning to – one of the ongoing segments are uh, Be Kind Rewind, where we kind of talk about old movies that maybe were a little bit under the radar uh, for some of the younger listeners or for some of the folks in their 40s like us. They might have some fond memories about them. So what uh, what's your selection here this week? Uh, yeah, so I, I this is pretty much on the fly. I kind of forgot to think about it until – the, the moments leading up to actually recording this, but uh, I've just came to me like one of those movies that I've probably watched 10 plus times. Uh, it's one of those that back in the day, like would be on UHF or TV before I had cable. And if I ran across it, it just kind of tended to suck me in. I can remember like watching it, like, you know, spend the night at somebody's house where it would just be on an HBO at like two in the morning and we would watch it again. Um, and that movie is Brewster's Millions. Nice. <laughs> so for people that aren't familiar, this is a uh, Richard Pryor vehicle, uh, which I'm a huge Richard Pryor stand-up fan. Um, although, and John Candy. Yes, and, and John Candy is kind of his, his sidekick. Uh, the really basic premise is that um, he and John Candy are on a kind of crappy minor league baseball team kind of going nowhere. Um, and out of the blue, he gets um, a I don't even know what we would call it exactly. He has a distant he's like the sole heir or distant relative chooses him. I don't even remember. It's been a little while since I've seen it um, as the heir to this huge fortune but in order to get it he has to play a game and the game is to spend an insane amount of money in a short amount of time with a lot of rules and stipulations like he can't just donate at all or something like that um and he can't tell anyone else in his life what's going on so um they all of course think he's completely insane and and spending all this money that he inherited when the point of it is to spend it all and win even or get even more money and you know it's it's just a comedy it's uh uh you know it's been a little while since i've seen it i don't know how well it's it's aged um but uh it was always highly entertaining to to young chris i've you know again i've probably watched it you know if if not 10 times at least half a dozen times and it's it's 
it's a quality 80s comedy entertainment and is that a it's not a rated r flick is it it's more kind of I don't fr- think more so. family friendly yeah i don't like rem- remember anything r rated about it of course a lot of the times that i saw it it was probably an edited fashion so um, looking here on imdb and it says pg yeah so. that's that's that was that was my memory about it it's not not uh richard Pryor at his raunchiest no no <laughs> there's some movies from back in that day where it's like i don't think they get made now i just don't even think they get rated they just don't get made because yeah. they're so controversial yeah no for sure and even just the fluidity of like what would get a pg rating um at that time especially before pg-13 existed sometimes uh will would be surprising and I can think of a couple, but anyways, yes. we'll, we'll go to your movie. Yeah, well, and this is a PG-13 flick. Uh, just a couple years later, 1987, uh, starring Michael J. Fox and <laughs> The Secret of My Success. So anytime I can pick a movie uh, whose main theme song is performed by Night Ranger, I got to do it. I <laughs> got to do it. So... Secret of My Success is, um, I think, an under-the-radar Michael J. Fox uh, role. Obviously, uh, Back to the Future he's famous for, Family Ties on television he's famous for. Um, then he had some television appearances. What was that, Spin City that he was on forever? Sure. I don't know. He was on some ABC, ABC show for a little while. But anyway, Secret of My Success, he was kind of at the top of his game, but it's a bit of a raunchy comedy. Um, like I said, it's PG-13. He's this uh, kind of financial guy um, just out of school, goes to New York City, uh, can't find a job. His uncle gets him a job uh, with his company in the mailroom, and then he it's one of those 80s movies where it's like mistaken identities, and he takes on the the role of some other guy who got fired, but no one really processes that. So he's acting as this high power executive in this financial company of sorts. Uh, it happens. It happens. It happens. Absolutely. And this is going to spoil some game of Thrones stuff. So if you're not caught up on game of Thrones, Hey, 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 I'm not caught up. You're not, not even close, dude. Ah, well, I can't even talk about it. (laughs) Anyway, for those of you who have seen the movie and are caught up on Game of Thrones, there's something in The Secret of My Success that kind of mirrors something that's going on in uh, Game of Thrones. And uh, you'll get a chuckle out of that if you can make that connection. So I'm not going to spoil it for my for uh, my co-host here. Yeah. Um, But it's a fun movie. It's has some you know good humor it, it, it's sweet it, it'd be a good uh a good date mo- date night movie if you can find it i don't know if it's on netflix or it might even be on youtube you know, some of the other movies i've recommended have been on youtube <laughs> I, what i remember because i i saw this movie in the theater and i'm i'm not 100 percent sure that i've seen it since then i remember there being the whole like french comedy uh scene with like people sneaking around and going in and out of doors, you know, kind of one person coming out of one door right as the other closes and stuff. Is that, is that memory accurate? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's good time. It goes on for like eight minutes too. It's fantastic. (laughs) Popping in in one door, going in the other one. Yeah. It's, it's good times. 
And uh, it's got Helen Slater, who was a kind of staple in a lot of different 80s movies. So, yeah, enjoy Secret of My Success and uh, Brewster's Millions. Right on. So, so I think that's going to do it. We're, we're back in the saddle. It's been, been a while. Um, hopefully we can do this a little bit more often and have a bit more um, enjoyable things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll see. We've we've also talked about uh, you know, whether or not we wanna we wanna keep it real at some point too. So we'll 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 figure it out as we go. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I'm not trying to be cagey. If you follow me on Twitter, you kind of have a sense of what's going on. Um, just don't feel comfortable kind of getting into it necessarily. Well, at some point, but right. um, we'll hold off on that for another episode. Uh, in the meantime, if you're a new listener, want to get in touch with us, uh, Chris, where's the best Best place they can contact you. Uh, you know, I try to do this uh, more on Twitter, so that is at Geekzinga. Geekzinga. Like Bazinga, but Geekzinga. Nice. Um, and you've shared your thoughts about Big Bang Theory in an earlier episode. Yeah, I hate so it, if you, but, you know. <laughs> if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to that. Right. And you can find me at the id, D-M-T-H-E-I-D-D-M on Twitter. Um, try to be pretty active on there. So yeah, send us a message. Uh, if you like the podcast, want to hear more of it, uh, like us on iTunes, give us a review. That'd be awesome. Um, so until next time, I'm guessing we'll, uh, probably sit down and record something again within a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so until that time, have a good day. <laughs>